0: that's what you were forgetting
1: i i almost forgot to press record oh, yes <laughs> shit 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 thank you very mm. much i appreciate you in all kinds of ways <laughs> Woo-hoo. okay so Welcome to Bulgarian and Beyond, episode 14. We um, are up to chapter 14 of Porn of Prophecy of the Bulgarian series, and I'm Sondra Turnbull. I'm here with my co-host, Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Now, Alicia is not feeling wonderful this week, so we're all going to give her lots of love, from the future, coming back to the past. So you should be feeling an influx of love right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Cool. I look forward to it.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, no, you're getting it right now because people in the future are already Mm -hmm. sending it. So they'll love that timey-wimey stuff that we do all the time. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I apologize if I I get nasally or a little bit uh, froggy throughout the episode, but, you know. You know, I want it to record.
1: <laughs> you can get as froggy as you like, but if you start doing weird shit with snot, <laughs> hang up.
0: Thankfully, I don't have any of the snot going on. It's all in my chest. Then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how, how was your week this, this last week?
1: Okay, straight into Paul Gara's Cup. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So my week was fresh and light. It was a lovely potion. And then I drank it and drank it and drank it. It was lovely and lovely and lovely. And then I got to the bottom and there were these big-ass grains of sour resin stuck to the bottom of the cup and it tainted the bottom part of my potion and made me quite sick. Mm. That was my potion this week because work is going really well. I'm getting lots of like lots of teaching opportunities, and I've got a meditation class once a week that I'm holding space for um, with my journeying garden meditation, and that's really beautiful. And I've so missed that, and it's sort of looped me back around to where I started year, you know decades ago. I'm doing that again. It's wonderful, and I'm finding, um, and that there are, there's income coming to me so money coming to me in surprising and unexpected ways so Mm -hmm. by no means do I have a traditional income or steady income however I have a brilliant life and I'm starting to be rewarded and feel rewarded for the work that I'm doing in very real ways so not just a feel-good, oh, you know, I know that I'm doing a good job and it feels good. But, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I have got a, a really beautiful um, review on my new book that's out. It's my first review on Amazon ever because at the moment this is the only book I've got on Amazon. And I was so excited. So that was a good thing. And there were lots of lovely things being said about that. So I'm teaching, I'm writing, I'm being recognised for writing. I won um, a book that got sent to me, um, an author planner a years, I, uh, for a whole year. That was a total surprise. And I won a subscription to Gaia TV for... Wow as a reward for just being me and interacting and being involved with the communities that I'm involved with and my teaching and, you know, just sharing my knowledge about entrepreneurship and being a creative and an author and, and um, you know, in, in the esoteric kind of stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm getting these rewards and feeling appreciated and knowing that I'm doing good work. And so there's all of this stuff going on and I can feel myself kind of drawing forward and moving ahead and all of those lovely things about being in the flow that we search for so, so frantically sometimes and forget that if we just kind of let everything go, mm-hmm. that is the flow <laughs> that right. we're so desperately searching for all the time.
0: Right. And
1: so that's kind of where, where I'm at. And then right just this last couple of days, what I might call a previous life has blown up in my face and it's not even in my face. It's a long, long, long way way in distance, but it's drawn me back into a whirlwind where I feel like I haven't done enough and I failed and it's my fault and I have to fix this and I can't fix this, but I have to fix this. And so i'm I'm trying to you know pull myself out of that space at the moment, so that's where I am tonight, <laughs> trying to kind of extract my girlfriend's been wonderful she's been you know we often we 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 philosophize a lot we have very interesting conversations there's no that we we dive straight down below the surface and talk about all kinds of amazing things and really hold each other accountable, you know, we are each other's sounding boards for, for things that I've never spoken to anyone else, with anyone else about, in a way that, you know, it is so profoundly safe but challenging at the same time. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm really thankful that I've got her because that's sort of helping me to just work through it without falling into it. It's too much.
0: Yeah. It's important to have a partner who can give that to you because, you know, if you can't turn to them, then who else is well, it?
1: It's, it's taken a long time for me to find someone like that.
0: <clears throat> it is. It's not easy to find, for <laughs> sure. But, you know, um, I think that having that partnership and, and this other family member that's um, bringing up all of this fear for you is it's almost kind of like though you're already just experiencing so much of the flow, right? Like the, this, every income's coming to you in unexpected ways you're getting recognized and all of this just because you've been doing your passion. Right. And, and then something comes in to kind of like be like, Nope, you can't
1: fully <laughs> enjoy it. That's so <laughs> fascinating that you recognize that because the, one of the last things I said to my girlfriend before I came up to record was I recognise that this is, this is not, you know, this is not the first time this particular pattern has shown up where I've been in the flow. My work has been really going well. <clears throat> I'm doing all of the things that I'm here on this earth to bloody be doing and it's feeling wonderful. And this particular situation blows up. Right. And I fling myself back so far. That it takes me a long time to move back into where I was, but this time it's like, oh, I see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- this time. Don't don't go backwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm. Yeah. Um, um, so can't
0: fix everybody else's problems.
1: Exactly. So that's exactly where I am. You, you just, you little. <laughs> 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 must be Have you, you, you had cold medicine you're a bit out of it you're seeing all the truth um, today no i don't do the cold medicine just
0: tylenol that's it um, but yeah i think i think you're right on now that you're very aware of it it's good what about you uh oh
1: my yeah. god how long have we been talking and we haven't even gotten to you yet Oh, i have a feeling yeah. this might either be me chopping chunks out of in the edit or a very long episode <laughs>
0: We'll see. It's okay if a couple I'll go over the hour, I think. Mm-hmm. But um mine has been a little bit, you know, filled with like this thick muddiness. My cup. Not even something that's drinkable really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I just this, about to spit out your my drink. microphone? <laughs> uh, but it started last week when I was I was starting to get in the flow, right? And then um, my oldest child got sick and had to stay home from school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, you know, I told you on Wednesdays when we record, I said I'm going to take the recording day off because I was so much in the flow. I wanted to, like, just keep going yeah. with it because I knew Thursday uh, Nathan is home from work. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not I, – I do better when I'm just alone, like yeah. nothing against him or anything. but
1: No, I totally get that. <laughs> Very disconcerting to have someone else anywhere near your space when you're creating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so um, then it turned out my daughter stayed home from school as well that day. And so I think that's when things started to kind of, I started to not feel the flow all of a sudden because I'm like, dang it, there goes my day, you know, (laughs) sick child, your day is done. And so um, she was sick and then my little one started getting sick over the weekend. Sorry Um,
1: about that. I forgot to put my phone on. Phone.
0: Oh, I couldn't even hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so what happened is I think that trigger just started me on this slow decline. And when Sunday came along, I just kind of, I don't know, I got super sleepy early in the morning, like at nine o'clock, which is not normal for me. And I had to literally lay down and I tried to sleep and I couldn't. And so then I just started crying and couldn't stop. And that's when I, I knew something was going on, something on a spiritual level. And I didn't know what it was, though. It just felt really awful. And it wouldn't be until the next day that um, everything cleared up, and I got um, some clarity that was really hard to take in at first.
1: Yeah, the clarity. That's (laughs) the fuck. (laughs) Right.
0: And I did a lot of just um, looking through books I have and journaling and all of that. And I came to this place of like complete peace, kind of like what I was saying to you before we started recording is that it's so funny to me, not funny, but like magical to me that you're talking about how you're in the flow and and stuff is just coming to you now, um, whether it's money or people, um, being appreciative of your teaching and meditation and all of that. Um, because I realized that I was so against the flow for the last like several years of my life by my own doing. That <clears throat> that's why I couldn't create anything I wanted to, and I, it was all my own doing. And so now I've completely refocused. I've let go of like something that was my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the work I was doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. So um, I'm recommitting you know, to author. That's a big deal, babe. Yeah. So moving forward, that is my number one focus, is writing my novels. Mm -hmm. I'm building my business around my own, Mm -hmm. my own work. Um, And trusting, like you say, when you're in the flow, things just start coming to you when you need them. And And I I truly believe it now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it's so, I don't know about you but I find myself with this childlike wonder and surprise and like oh wow this is happening and it's exciting and I don't doubt it I just enjoy it and celebrate it's like I've had had such a celebratory week but it ended with such a thump kind Mm of and it's not even you know how people say you have a reality check bullshit this is not reality this thing that's checking me this thing that's trying to beat me over the head is the unreality that lays over the top of what is actually real when you let yourself go there
0: yeah that's exactly it like this is why i get oh so excited about this like yeah just the fact that where we are each at right now, and the fact that we're connected already, and that we're coming together talking about this from our own personal perspectives, is proof yeah. that you know the universe is magical. It's truly, and when you just let go and
1: let it take over, like mm-hmm. anything truly becomes possible. <sighs> this is the anything is possible show, my darlings. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See you next week. No, no, that's not true. We're okay. going. <laughs> I know. Where's the Bulgaria
0: Adder? Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. So now (laughs) it's your turn, my little Garian. Tell us the chapter summary in Garion's view.
0: All right, so they are still in Val Alorn. And um, Dernik and Garion are kind of just hanging out while the rest are in this important meeting. And they're observing um, the soldiers or whoever they are, (laughs) just kind of like, being lazy all day. And it's like, let's go and do something productive. So they look through the kitchens and the smithy and then um, uh, Barak and, and Silk come out of the meeting and say, I think they said that they had to go check on the ship. Was that it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then they all like kind of take this little journey through the city and get to the ships. And Gary, of course, is bored immediately as soon as they start doing their ship talk. So he sees some kids, like the little kids' age, playing, and he goes over, like sliding down the snow and stuff. And so he mm-hmm. goes over, has a, an interesting encounter with a, a boy and the girl who are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he, he, ends, he ends up getting really, like, a butt <laughs> hurt and offended.
1: Of course, by his, he does.
0: <laughs> his elders, because they're not only just laughing at him, some are laughing at him, and then some are trying to be like, What's wrong with you? You need to straighten up your act. Uh,
1: mainly at poll, <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, well, we will discuss that later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much the chapter. Yeah, it was a really short one. Uh, yeah. Not nice. not too eventful. Straight into the start of this chapter. So it's the, the following day from the last, where we left off last time. I can't remember. How did the last chapter end? Um, oh, Okay. Gary had, had decided that he was going to keep his eyes open for the man in the green cloak because mm-hmm. he'd yeah. been wandering the halls. So this this is the next day and it's snowing and, you know, as you say, everyone's going going off for more of the council meeting, but Dernick stays with Gary. And, and what did you think of um, the conversation that the two of them have?
0: You know, you know what? Like I was reading this and I said, hey, I was exactly right. I was exactly right when I said, I think it was in the last episode, that Silk was in love with that woman. <laughs> And I wasn't the only one that noticed. And I think it was probably noticeable on purpose because Gary and noticed.
1: Well, I don't know. Garion seems to be painted as a quite a perceptive lad um, who sees things perhaps that the others aren't seeing or the others assume he doesn't see because he's, you know, a kid. But, yeah, they talk about him. Uh, they talk about who and they Garian, talk about. Garion
0: asks because
1: they're, they're – um,
0: Dernick's, like, disapproving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? He's like, well, these are idle people, like. Well, don't they even do any work around here
1: yeah like the salt the, the cheruk warriors are sitting around in the throne room like they're hanging out in the mm-hmm. throne room and the Cheric warriors are like polishing this sword, their armor a bit or you know sharpening their swords or throwing dice and drinking in the morning yeah
0: <laughs> and yeah
1: being very lazy and kind of not doing anything but and
0: seems well you know he's he's kind of bored with that topic he's like yeah i mean i guess they're supposed to sit around, right, until they're told to do something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when he shifts. Like, he just blatantly shifts into the, hey, did you notice yesterday? Like,
1: the way oh, that he starts Baric, it with,
0: with Beric, yeah. Yeah,
1: the, he's curious like, about the way Beric and Meryl are acting towards each other.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, d-
1: that's, we do get to hear that a yeah, little bit. Of, yeah, and so Dernick, and now I wanted to talk about this. A little bit because Dernick says, yes, it's very, it was very sad. Silk told me, told me about it. And when Barak was young, he fell in love with Meryl, but Meryl didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then when, you know, and then Garen's like, well, how come they're married? And, and Dernick's like, well, you know, when Barak became Earl of Trelheim, Meryl's family was like, uh uh-huh, Earl, we like this yeah. marriage. You're going to do it even though you don't want to. And so Meryl was forced into the marriage that she didn't want. And then after they were married, the the way that it's put in the book is that Barak discovered that she was really a very shallow and selfish person anyway. Now, I have a problem with this. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) So, (laughs) So who is the shallow one here in this scenario? I'm sorry but patriarchy at work or whatever the <laughs> hell you, you know I do not like this they're calling Merrill shallow for not wanting to marry him and then Bar- like Barracks having a wine after he's married this person who's been forced to marry him who never wanted to marry him in the first place And now they're married and he discovers that she's really very shallow and selfish. Well, I'm sorry, maybe she just doesn't want to be with you and she's been forced into a situation that she doesn't want to be in. That's what you are seeing. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. It's definitely from a man's perspective.
1: This is totally from a man's perspective. This isn't a man like, yeah, nothing, you know? Yes. Okay. But these are all, all men
0: here having this discussion. So mm-hmm. I, I can see how they wouldn't see it from her point of view. And I, I think probably th- this um, in this world during this time, it's not uncommon, right? It's more common than not to be forced into a marriage.
1: Well, I don't know, men. I don't care. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, like. Um, but I think it's just interesting to look at it. Mm -hmm. from that perspective because I mean this is the first time I've ever thought about it from that perspective so every other time I've read this book I have kind of my my consciousness has skimmed over the surface of what this is actually saying and this time I'm going right down into it well you figure
0: the time this book was written and written by by a man yeah uh makes sense
1: yeah and so i mean there's lots of it's it's various very stereotypical but that doesn't mean that we can't explore it and kind of look at it with a fresh lens because things are not you know thought mainstream thought is shifting it's not the same as it was then things that we took for granted for such a long time are starting to be challenged now as a common thing
0: yeah it reminds me a lot of because this book does that it brings up a lot of like game of thrones type stuff and it reminds me of i know you don't haven't seen it but there's a character named cersei uh who is a woman and she is the queen when the series starts the queen of the realm and she was forced to marry the king who is not a bad guy but she comes off immediately as like she is the villain. She's like, nobody likes her. But as the story moves on, you start to understand why she holds this like resentment and why she acts and she does terrible things, Mm. terrible things. But the further you get into the story, you realize why she's doing it. Mm. And you start to see kind of like with this woman here with Meryl that it is, she is a woman in a man's world and this is the only way she knows how to survive is to turn into this like mm-hmm. evil person, like, you know. You know, you imagine in it,
1: way. when you're forced into a situation, you, you use the defenses that you can use that are effective, that get you um, a modicum of control or power because mm-hmm. nobody yeah. likes to be powerless. But I just thought it was interesting that I noticed that when I read it this time. Mm-hmm. yeah i didn't pick up on it but because, i mean like i said i read
0: game of thrones and so it's all yeah. over those
1: books and it's kind of like whoosh, over my but head like, and point. so so but my thinking <coughs> shifted and, and that's that that for me is an interesting thing but i just right. thought i would i made a note that i wanted to talk about that because it was just like you know what that really fucking pisses me off this time it never used to
0: yeah um, but Garion seems, you know, to feel really sorry. And he doesn't seem to take sides either way. He just kind of is like, that's sad. I wish we could yeah. do something, you
1: know? He does, doesn't he? Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Like, oh, how can we make it better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right. And, and- Dernik is just oh, adorable Dernik. We're going to have to start calling him adorable Dernik because he's so bloody... Well, you know, you just don't butt in on another man's relationship with his wife, and you know, he's so sort of prudish, but kind of like he just want to squeeze his cheeks or something while he's doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that feeling too.
1: Straight laced is the is the term, I think.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But the Gary and doesn't seem to care for the answer or something because again he just immediately switches like okay so did you know that Silk's in love with his aunt <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny how we write it, both of these topics he's just so direct and like yeah. so out of nowhere with it
1: it does it does seem like yeah it's like it's like it's like he's so bored
0: right he's like i want to do something to make myself interested so here so, you go
1: but but i think it is interesting like that he's noticed this stuff and that durnick's the one that he's asking about it mm-hmm. you know like durnick is the approachable one that he feels comfortable talking about this stuff with because obviously he can't talk to silk because silk's the one who's in love with his aunt
0: right
1: um but yes you were so spot on i was so like i wanted to talk about it last week when you were well um. like Like oh maybe this or maybe that but yeah silk is totally in love besotted with his aunt,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? I knew it.
0: (laughs) That's totally how. Yeah. Um, I guess I've known men like that in the past, and I've seen it. You know, with other men when they're into a woman. Yeah. Put
1: up that like. Yeah, and so and the problem is that his aunt, Queen Porin, is married to King Rhoda. And so, and she's his second wife, so Silk's actual aunt. She's not, his, she's not Silk's actual aunt, she is the king's second wife. She's much younger than the king,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, yes, yeah, Silk is absolutely in love with her yeah. <laughs> and can't and, and doesn't, you know, just sort of this, this. This, 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 we will talk about this again through the story. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, well, I'm hoping. And he's going to get a girl eventually. I have no fear we will be discussing this again. So, and then it's so funny like, they can't, kind of, Derek's like, oh, <laughs> I can almost say, Oh, come on now. Decent men don't talk about their friends and their friends' Gospers. lives and stuff. So it's like, so they, they go off to, um, you know, they collect themselves and head off to see what's what. They So they're checking out the the kitchen and the smithy, which, you mm-hmm. know, makes sense because Garen was the cook's assistant and Dernick is a smith. So, you know, you're in a different culture. You go and check out the things that are familiar to you to see, you know, how it compares yeah. to what you're used to.
0: Right. And in the kitchens, I think they're both a little bit disturbed, was it? Like, in, a, in a humorous very, way. <laughs> because um, they're just kind of like messing around and somebody threw a hat in the soup or something like that.
1: Yeah, so it just sounds like complete uh uh, uh chaos in the kitchen. Yeah. But I love the the picture that the words conjure up like the the vastness of the ovens and the cauldrons that are cooking the soup and the way it's just got like flocks of geese in lakes of gravy and battalions of loaves marching into the oven to be baked. I just, I still can't quite get my head to imagine exactly what that's like, because I've never been in a kitchen like that, but I would so love
0: <laughs> I know that would be pretty cool. Yes.
1: I'm um, a kitchen, I'm a, I'm a total kitchen witch. So I, I, I would really love to have that experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I'm not myself a kitchen person. Like, I am not a <laughs> cook. I cannot cook or bake for the life of me. I mean, I can do it, but it never comes out.
1: <laughs> Are you a packet girl?
0: The other day, well, the other day, I, well, I tried to bake the muffin, I mean, the cupcakes from my, my daughter's birthday party and completely ruined them the night before. And I'm like, oh no. I'm in tears because I'm like, how did they mess <laughs> I mess up an instant? It was the instant box. <laughs> oh my god, sweetheart! And so I called my mom in tears, and I'm like, "I ruined the cupcakes." <laughs> and she's like, "My aunt was visiting, and so my aunt was staying with her." And she's like, "All right, well, I'll go out because she's really good at that stuff. She's good at cooking and baking." And the next morning, she sent me a photo of completed two with the frosting on top cupcakes within just a few hours. I'm like. Magic. I did not get her gifts with that. At
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, I'm sorry. It's terrible. Oh, that's I mean. just, that's that's and I know that disaster the night before baking the birthday cake for the child the next day, and you're up at like 1 a.m. frosting the frigging cake because you had to wait for it to cool off uh-huh. so that uh-huh. you could put the frosting on. <laughs>
0: yeah I couldn't even get them out of the pan they were stuck oh honey and I was just ripping them and they're just crumbling <laughs> like oh my god what did oh. I do
1: oh babe so, that's, yeah, when, you, that's to... when you that's when you get the cupcakes and you crumble them and mix them into ice cream I
0: was I was thinking of I was like I don't think Natalie would like that though and uh, she has to like it it's her birthday yeah true so
1: um, I'm glad that your aunt was nearby
0: I know my aunt helped my mom and they made it happen (laughs) I'm definitely the one that as soon as I am able to I'm going to be the one that has those pre-prepared meals sent to your house (laughs) they have vegan ones now too and it's already done all you got to do is kind of separate it and bake it or something and it's ready
1: yep I'm totally doing that (laughs) okay you let me know how that goes (laughs) Oh well, <laughs> yeah so they're in the kitchen and it's horrible and disaster and they're both they're both disturbed and it's very kind of restrained disapproving kind of they don't want to be there because it's just too too wrong it's all wrong it's all wrong it's not aunt paul's kitchen and they have to leave so they're back out in the hallway and do you remember the interaction that happens next in the hall okay mm-hmm. i'll let you talk about that mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one had me laughing, Um, because as soon as it said that this woman was dressed, I forget how it's described, but basically really low-cut.
1: Bodice. Uh,
0: Yeah, and so lots of cleavage going on, and I'm like, okay, this can't (laughs) mix well with Darnick, right? (laughs) And so she basically is, is, he asks her where the smithy is, and she's very upfront about, like, I can tell you where it is, and how about, you send garyan off and then you and i can have some moments to talk <laughs> <laughs> um, and he just completely is like no where's the smithy i'm sorry i'm not i'm not doing that
1: yeah he gets all like stiffened. you can just, just you can do, I, in my head i could just see him get all stiffened, mm-hmm. disapproving with the blush creeping up his cheeks yeah yeah and i
0: like the comments what and. Of course, Gary thinks this is hilarious, but, but I like the comment where um, she's like, I'm usually around for someplace. You can find me when you finish your business with the Smith. And then he's just like, I'm sure I could.
1: Come along, Gary. I'm,
0: I'm really <laughs> like, I could, but and the part he doesn't say is, I'm not
1: going to. <laughs> I'm, not going to. I'm sure I could. <laughs> Off he goes. So that, that was fun. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> You know, so they go out into the and it's snowing, you know, just snowing softly in the inner courtyard outside. And so there's they, they walk out into this inner courtyard which is um has all of the artisans, so the candle makers and the, the wheelwrights and the coopers, so they sort of make the barrels and all of the stuff the cobbler and the smith and so all of the stuff that um that the castle needs to run. This mm-hmm. is where it all and I just love the idea that it's a commute like it's that money thing again, you know, I love the idea that they, this is their life and they work here to support Mm. the castle and the castle then supports them. And it's kind of this symbiotic existence. Like they're they're there because they're paid to be there. They're there because this is what they do as part of the community. This is their role.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think that's what I've always been so drawn to fiction about. Like, like fantasy fiction mm. because it always has that type of an environment. Mm. Um,
1: mm.
0: Well, not always.
1: There's usually well, kind of no. No, but but often currency. Well, but is, this is not an uncommon um, picture that's drawn in fantasy fiction.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but this is when um, Barrack and Silk find them, and invite them to run the errand with them. Through. Mm.
1: Mm. yes yeah, so the, the other the other interesting thing so just so that we continue to to build a picture of the different peoples of the lands mm-hmm. um when they're in the smithy it's noted that on the walls of the cherik smithy hang war axes and spears and you know swords and stuff and and that's as opposed to what would be hanging in a Sindarian smithy which would be like you know uh hoes and spades and plows and that sort of stuff so you can see the different cultures you know in the in the just right there on the wall so that's a really good picture of the difference between the two countries i think Mm -hmm.
0: like farmers versus warriors
1: yeah that sort of thing (laughs) exactly so it's it's like so you kind of get this idea of because that speaks to the personality also of Barak and Dernick. So you can start to kind of, I, I love that about story, how you a well-done story kind of puts these layers in. You know, you don't get a huge info dump all at once, which you don't pay attention to and doesn't sink in because it doesn't need to be said yet. It makes no sense yet. But this kind of layering where you learn more about the characters in the story and the, the world that the story is taking place in, I really yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did pick up on that too when I was reading. I was like, oh, that kind of really clarified it for me.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. That's cool. <clears throat> um, yeah, so Barrett comes out and says he's got to run an errand. So Silk's with him and they all go off to the ships. Now, what you asked a question about the ships. You were unsure about what they were going to see.
0: Yeah, I just wasn't sure when, when they come and say, hey, come with us. I didn't remember if he had said they were going to go look at a ship. Yeah. Or what, but he says they're running an errand. He didn't actually yep. say what
1: they're saying. Yep. They so that's do. that's the errand. And the reason um that ships are important is that the um, cherrucks are known for making war at sea. So they okay. they're warboats. Cherok war boats is a thing. So that's like that that's their thing. That's why I think i see them as Vikings, because that whole, you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, and this is a moment where we get some like clarity because Dernick decides to poke around. Like, why do you guys have so many names? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like that was put in there for the purposes of readers who might be confused.
1: Well, yeah. And it's, I think, <clears throat> it's but I think you're right because I thought the same thing this time I read it, um, but it's spaced out far enough from the last little education moment that it's not too much. I thought,
0: yeah, I don't think it's too much. I do think that it is like really obvious. But the you know, that's just me. It didn't it wasn't enough to like
1: put me off though. I still no. was like,
0: okay. You know, I appreciate and, it. And
1: because it, it did seem quite Dernick like. It, it didn't 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 jar because it seemed like something that he would say at this point in the story. Like he's a very plain spoken person. If he doesn't understand something, he asks a question. Yeah. And so um, coming from him, it made sense. And in the same way that when Garion asks certain questions, it makes sense that they come from him. So Mm. I think rather than it being an obvious device to tell the reader something, it might be, but if you choose the character properly that the questions come from, even if you recognise it as an information relaying device, it's doesn't matter because you can totally see that character asking the question. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Did I just ramble
1: around in a circle or what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it made sense. And um, Dernick is somebody who would ask something like that. I just think, Mm. I just felt like I guess the transition into that question Mm. seemed really abrupt.
1: Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess so. And the names that we're talking about are the um, that you know, silk is sometimes called Amber, Amber of Kotu, and sometimes he's Prince Keldar, and um, you know, and he touches on Polgara and Aunt Paul and Belgarath, and <laughs> then it gets all bent out of shape because. Yeah silk explains that well sometimes people who are less than honest have the need to wear different names and then it gets all bent out of shape because you know he doesn't like the idea of mistress pole being called anything less than honest
0: oh, yeah <laughs> that was a cute moment for him yeah
1: so he's <laughs> so got a crush on her big time right Um, but then, but then he, he puts it, then Silk sort of puts it, well, perhaps not dishonest, but have a need to hide or to keep secrets
0: because of what they're doing. It's for
1: safety, you know, it's
0: not for the sake of being dishonest. It's because they need to keep themselves and Gary and
1: safe. And then the conversation then transitions into why they have to be secretive and, um, is this where Garion says? Well, first they go by. They're passing the
0: the Belar temple. Oh, the temple of Belar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where Barrett kind of explains that he's been behind on his religious duties, and he doesn't want the high priest of the Belar to <laughs> say anything and call him out in front of everybody. Which I thought was strange. Like, I I don't know this this setup very well. This city, but I'm kind of like. Why would the high priest just be hanging
1: outside of the temple?
0: And...
1: Well, um, I'm not sure, but um, I, this was another one of those things that irritated me this, on this reading. The, the line is a prudent, this is Barak speaking, and after he was talking about being called out by the priest, he says, a prudent man doesn't give either a priest or a woman the opportunity to scold him in public. Mm. and it really like oh made me prickle (laughs) a little bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's a very old-fashioned i guess well i don't know i didn't i I don't know what time just don't like it (laughs) 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 but and then they keep going and then the next thing that irritated me can you guess what that was
0: hmm let me see let's see i know they run into his old friends one's one's a woman one's a man is that right no
1: no um no no no. so they they go past a couple of um people in the um street who are a couple of old dudes throwing snowballs at each other <laughs> and they talk about they have to stop because they're in the middle of this the narrow street and these two old Fellas are chucking snowballs, and Barry says, "Oh, it's okay. They're old friends. They'll do this for a while, then they'll go and get drunk and fall over." Carrie says, "What do they do in the summer?" <laughs> Barry's like, "Well, they throw rocks. The rest is the same."
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, ouch! That sounds painful. I
1: know. Every time I read that, I go, "No, surely they go, no. That's just no. That's too much bruising and blood. No, no, no." So,
0: that's this is why I thought of the woman because it's the lady uh, in, the <laughs> window, in the window She's uh-huh. like calling down to Barak, and it, it uh-huh. seems suspicious. Like, she is well, like a,
1: it, the way they
0: put it up, it sounds like she's like a woman in a brothel or something. Yeah, and
1: I'd say and that she's, she's, she's a sex worker, and Barak's like trying to ignore her, and it just irritated me. Like, Barak is not shown in a good light in this chapter, I've got to say to me yeah. he's yeah. not being shown in the good light and considering that I love him because I know him very well he's, he's 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 a brilliant character but I do not like the way that he's being shown in this in this chapter she's he sort of like pretends that he can't hear her and doesn't answer her when he yeah. called when she calls down out of the window flirting at him and Garian's mm-hmm. like oh I think that woman's calling to you. I think she's <laughs> you. And like, yes, she knows everybody. Right. <laughs> right.
0: So it seems like he may have been, yeah. you know, outside of his marriage. And yeah. But, I mean, I before. guess this
1: chapter does really set firmly the tone of mm, sexual culture and gender culture. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Again, like this. This is very much how like Game of Thrones is set, I and mean, it's even way further vulgar in Game of Thrones. Like,
1: yeah, this is very innocently done. Like, there's right. there's there's there is very little vulgarity. Vulgarity. Well, none. <laughs> the only vulgarity you'll hear about this is coming out of my mouth when I swear a lot.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, they move past that very
1: quickly, and then they're. Oh, they run into the um the bear the the, the bear cultists. What did you think make of that? I'm not too sure. It's so quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's only a very little blip. Uh, but the bear cultists are like the fanatic religious group of the Cherik. So the the, the what where are they called? It just says bear cultists. Just says bear cultists. Bear yeah. cultists—they're religious fanatics—and so the story is that they are trying to reunite Aloria. And Aloria is all the Alorn kingdoms. So Alorn is the compare. It's the same as Angorak. So you know how the Murgos and the bad guys are Angoraks, and they have a number of tribes that make up the Angoraks. The Alorns. Um, used to make up uh, one entity called Aloria, which the gods broke up into the different peoples: the Cherricks, the Drasnians, the Sendars, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And um, Dernick makes a makes a comment: "Oh, you know, that doesn't sound so bad that they want to reunite, you know, the lands." And Barracks says, um, "Well, you know, uh, it was done for a reason." And this is where they go into the secret. It was done for a reason to yeah. a certain thing had to be protected and for it to be protected, the lands had to be, Aloria had to be divided.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this, this is the moment again, Gary and it just seems like <clears throat> I'm tired of, of being bored in the background. So let me make this interesting <laughs> and chimes in with like, <laughs> well, it's been stolen now, hasn't it? Um, and this is where his dry voice is mentioned again. That mm-hmm. seemed to inform him of this connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Barak and Silk kind of uh, acknowledge that he's very clever and intuitive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Garion starts to question, like, so we're going to go to war? Like, that's what Wolf is making the decision, or, or Belgrath <laughs> is making the decision of in these meetings. Um, or actually, it's Dernick who questions is there going to be war? Mm, mm. And Beric it, says there's yeah.
1: much worse things than war. Yeah, it's it's it it speaks to the power that Belgarath has because it, they're hoping that Belgarath can persuade the Alorn kings not to go to war. Mm-hmm. And so this really um, really outlines the amount of power that um, Belgarath has that he would hold that much sway over kings. So that's sort of the the meaty bit, you know, the political bit of the moving the story along. But they don't mention anything specifically. Garion says it's been stolen now, and it's just it, and nothing is. There are no names of people or things mentioned. It's still very vague, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. They just kind of touched on it again. And...
1: Yeah, but the, it, I think it's just the importance of the thing that's been stolen. You know, the the fact that the Belgoroth and the kings, the Olorn Kings, would tear the world apart stone by stone to have it returned. It's the most important thing in the world. So and that would be why they might go to war to get it back. So then they go down to the harbour and so it's all icy and snowy and they can see the masts of the the great masts of the ships where the ships are being built. So it's like all you can imagine huge you know, whale-sized frames of hulls and wooden skeletons poking out of the snow, where mm-hmm. they're building these new ships.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, it seems uh, like um,
0: Dernick's having a special ship made for them and their purposes.
1: Uh, no, Barrack. Dernick Barrack, yeah, yeah. So the shipmaster comes out, and they're talking about Barrack's ship. Um, it's sort of touched on there's gonna be a really bloody big ship. You're gonna have to, you know, and Barracks like, well, I'll just have big men to man the oars.
0: And then, then of course this is where where Gary gets bored and so he decides to go off with those children. Yeah. I mean
1: they can't even call them
0: children anymore, but No.
1: So the team so young people, young people. But you know, yeah. it makes sense. And you're around adults all the time. It's boring. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I yeah. loved this. I think this scene and then the scene with Dernick and the whatever, she was like a whore. I don't know what they call them in this Dernick, series. Darnik, oh, she
1: was just a servant. <laughs> she was just a maid. One of the oh, seven okay. girls.
0: Okay. see, so yeah, I am tainted by Game of Thrones. You I'm are totally garity.
1: tainted, nasty, potty <laughs> male. <mouth.
0: laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, these are my two favorite scenes. And I literally liked Gary Ann you know, when he interacts with this boy, this redheaded boy who's like um yeah. he can already sense like this is leading to a fight. He's gonna eventually like punch me once he gets up the nerve to do so. Yeah. So let me just beat him to it and he yeah. socks him in the face.
1: Yeah, so so Gary goes over to these kids, they're all sliding down the the hill on um on pieces of board so on little sled so he's like oh that looks like fun and he talks to one of the girls who slides down and she's a bit pretty and um you know he notices her boobs you know because she's mm-hmm. as she's pretty as size be. as the boys yeah she's just clearly pretty. not a boy <laughs> exactly clearly not a boy Okay. And so, so Gary and her have like a little hello, a little conversation and she's like, well, I might let you use my sled and Gary's like, well, what would you want f- to let me use it? And she said, well, I could think of something. I might let you use it for a kiss. And then the other boy comes in the mm-hmm. middle of all this and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing here? Who yeah. gave you permission? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's, Gary's like, well, I didn't bother to ask permission. I was just talking to D. Who said you could do that? And then, yeah, exactly right. You see the, little, <laughs> the, they just, the, just the thought process in Gary's head is described. He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I can see this coming. Bob.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> puts him in the nose and puts him on his ass. <laughs> yeah. And then the kid's reaction is great too because he instantly becomes not so tough. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm bleeding. What am I supposed to do? What if it doesn't stop bleeding? And he's panicking. And Gary just keeps, keeps saying, just put snow on it.
1: Why are you yeah, freaking just, out? Just put snow on it. And then he does an aunt poll. What if it, yeah. what if it keeps bleeding? Well, I guess you'll bleed to death.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the moment where he, he's starting to walk away,
1: right? And yeah, he's walking, walking back to Dernick and the others. And the girl stops
0: him, though. And this is when she kisses him. Uh-huh. And I forget exactly how he didn't. I mean, he didn't seem like no, he wanted to do much else about it. He just no, kind of like
1: I guess he, he, walked away, was, anyways. Yeah, so yeah, I think he was disappointed about the way it had turned out with, you know, the boy being punching the boy, and it just didn't. It was supposed That's to right. be light and fun, and it just wasn't. And right. so Meiji kisses him and then runs off laughing, you know, looking back over her shoulder, and Gary and keeps going back to the others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and silk's and silk's like she wanted you to follow her she wanted yeah. you to run after her and and he's like why <laughs> and then they they sort of tease him like oh you know maybe someone should tell um mistress pole that your education's lacking and you know
0: yeah yeah they tease him a lot laughing yeah. and that's when he starts to get really upset yeah yes. feeling hurt and then sulking the whole way back to yep. the yeah yep Castle, but on the way back, there's that one interesting moment where he he senses like two people in the alley or in the walkway or whatever. Oh, ah, no, no.
1: So he sees two people going into an inn. An inn, okay.
0: Is it the dry voice again or, or something? No, like
1: he just no, he sees the man with the green cloak going into an inn. So he's he's been keeping us an unconscious eye out for this man in the green cloak, and so he sees him going into an inn. With him is a man, a figure in a dark hood, and you can't see the face, but he knows who it is. Mm-hmm. He feels that connection and knows that it's Asherak the Mergo. He's just seen the figure too many times since since he was a baby, and he recognises him instantly. But um, do you have anything to say about it? Because I can keep talking, but I want to know what your Um, perception of this was.
0: First thing is, so the man in the green cloak, that's the same man from the last chapter he saw in the corridors, the hallways. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I think I missed the skin. He's
1: just referred to as the man in the green cloak. So that's sort of the common recognizable thing.
0: Yeah, but other than that, no. I mean, nothing really jumped out other than that. Okay, and Gary obviously is, again, really sensing because he can see things that aren't really noticeable on the surface. Okay.
1: Well, the way that, um, so it's sort of written that Garion recognizes him instantly because there's been that connection all the way through. But again, he has this compulsion where he cannot talk about it. He really wants to talk about it. His mind is screaming at him to tell somebody, mm-hmm. but he can't make his tongue work. And so he then goes on to, to he questions Barak about, you know, he says how many Angareks or how many Murgos are there in Cherik, in Valalorn? And um, Barak tells him that there are no Murgos in the whole of Cherik. It's the first law that their first king laid down: against pain of death, any murgo in Chirrak is killed. Mm-hmm. And and so Garen's like, you know, doesn't say anything else. But right. you know, so obviously, Almost
0: like something like some inkling is telling him he shouldn't say anything for some reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that and so that's the end of that. But it's very, very clear that he wants to say something. He sees that something's wrong, and he's he he can't. He there's something stopping him from doing that. Mm-hmm. And then they they're at dinner that night. Did you want to talk about it? Um, well, I... hey, hang on. How you doing? You are hanging in there? Do you want me to just talk because I can talk?
0: <laughs> I'm doing okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm doing okay. Yeah well I think it's almost this is pretty much the end they are at dinner and they're still making fun of him they're joking about making a song about this experience Gary had because it's just too hilarious yeah Um, (laughs) and then he's feeling like still really bothered by and annoyed by all of this and it's aunt pole who kind of just tops it off with her little comments
1: yeah Of like so it's it's, like Barak tells the story and He's not mean. He's not unkind to Gary he just tells a like a, a funny anecdote, very well told. A masked like he's a pretty good storyteller, old Barrack. You know, and it has everyone laughing. Yeah. Except for a couple of the queens who smile tolerantly and Queen Porrin laughs openly, it says. So that sort of speaks to her um personality. Mm-hmm. But then Aunt Paul, she really pissed I just want to smack her in <laughs> in this like really, really are you so much of a fucking prude that this story has got you so star? Like, is she really this starched up? Mm-hmm. Bloody hell! Like, uh, uh, you know, she's she, and Silk's like, well, it was just a one blow and one kiss, and Art Paul's like, yes, and will it be a, ju- a duel with swords and an even greater foolishness afterwards next time? Yeah, yeah. like, bloody hell, woman! you're supposed to be thousands of years old have you
0: had no experience at all i know i know she should understand a teenage boy by now
1: (laughs) (sighs) bloody hell! anyway so that's like just irritating i'm getting irritated a lot in this chapter (laughs) (laughs) you know and then at right at the end there's this like you can Gary's like getting his loins to like just let her have it and doesn't like he turns to look at her and she turns to look at him and there's like this challenge in her and it's written like her face is like yes what were Mm -hmm. you gonna say about that Mm -hmm. and he just lets it go and that's the end of the chapter
0: yeah yeah it was a good one yeah I think yeah this is definitely gonna be our longest episode yet oh how long have we been talking
1: Uh, over an hour oh shit i might i might edit out the boring bits (laughs)
0: okay (laughs) boring bits there's no
1: boring (laughs) (laughs) well when i'm editing the the, it's so it's so funny when i'm editing the episodes i cut out um lots of ums and ahs and spaces between thoughts i kind of shorten it all up (laughs) let's go (laughs) let's go into the magic Um. Yeah. And the magic,
0: uh, I, I just chose the moment where Gary knew that the cloaked figure was Asherak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause again, I think he's um, becoming in, in tuned with his little superpower, whatever that is, you know, it might not be exactly magic, but it's like, he's really connected to this uh, voice in his head that just kind of tells him
1: how it is. Okay. Well, my moment is sort of connected with yours my, the magic that I like is the, the compulsion that he has not to speak about mm. the fact that Ashrak is there and there is this really powerful connection between them because he still hasn't told anybody. Nobody knows about this yet, just him. And I really like the way that he circumvents that spell by asking a slightly sideways question uh, about Murgos being in Cherik, mm-hmm. Tavaric. so. Yeah. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of specific barrier to him talking about Asherak specifically. Yeah. And the connection that they share. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was my magical moment. Now, I really like your personal insight. (laughs) I think, mate. My best. My i'm best happy for you to read that straight off the spreadsheet
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i had a lot of trouble i couldn't find anything that related to my life in this chapter <laughs> oh that's so sad i'm blaming it on me being sick so my mind is really foggy and i just kind of like um I'm looking through the pages. I'm kind of like half there. I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay.
1: Well, for the, for the edification of our audience, I'm going to read it straight off of the spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. This is Alicia's note. I couldn't find anything that I related to in this chapter. Maybe it's the sickness. I blame the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh. So. Uh, it's true. It's very true. true. Okay, so mine. As much as I was really irritated by several things in this chapter, just because of the way that I'm thinking about the world now, I just realised that we're mirrors for other people as much as they are mirrors for us. You know, my using Barrack and Merrill's relationship as an example and the way that the other men interpret her behavior as shallow, Mm -hmm. but completely overlook the fact that Barrack's behavior was completely shallow as well. You know, it's like, I'm the center of my own universe, but so is everybody else. So, you know, none of us see anything the same way because we all have these different lenses and filters. And just for me at the moment, with this whirlwind um, that I'm kind of being, this drama that I'm being pulled back into with, with family, I'm just, I have a different perspective than I ever had before, which of course we do every day because every day is different. We're a different person every day. But I'm really noticing this, ref, this reflection back at me of things about myself. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's really... It's so hard to grasp and put words to, but that's sort of that was my personal insight that I got out of the chapter this week.
0: That makes sense, though. It's true, you know, that you see. They always say that you're seeing what you see that you don't like in other people is what you also don't like in yourself, and it can help you bring a new yeah. awareness in some it's ways. Totally
1: true. It's totally true. The the things that really irritate me in other people are the things I like least about myself, but uh, I haven't been able to be honest about w- to myself. Like uh, they're the fears and the behaviours and the the things that I judge myself for that I see in other people and judge the hell out of them because I'm really judging myself, but haven't had the guts to.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to just accept <laughs> It's really
1: <that>. not. <laughs> So, you're not the only one. Okay. So, I could see you about to fall off your chair in a dead faint. So, let's do some prophecy. sleepy. Would you like Um, to go first?
0: Sure. So I had to choose one of the books that was calling to me to, you know, as all this stuff was coming up for me this week. And that book was, uh, I have to read it because I just forgot the title. (laughs) The Universe Has Your Back. And the author is Gabby Bernstein. She's like a, you know, uh, what do you call her? Public figure type. But she's got this book and I read it like several years—not several, maybe like two years ago. Um, and it was—it was like at the time, I was like, yeah, that's cool, whatever, you know. And I just kind of <laughs> put it away. and I didn't get much out of it. And something was calling me to read it again after what happened to me on Sunday. So I'm like, why don't I use this? And I'm just gonna flip. It's on my Kindle, so I'm just gonna like use the bar and like pick a random page, and then see. My intention is obviously about this clarity I've had and now the new direction I'm going in. You know, I already I already know that it's all, you know, right and what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but I just, you know, further along that
1: mm-hmm.
0: clarity path, I guess. Let's see. Oh, okay. She's talking about when you're meditating, you can say Sat Nam. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she said the vibration of Sat reaches up to the ether calling on your connection to the universe nam is a grounding vibration that acknowledges that you can bring the energy of the universe into your day-to-day experience of the world bring forth your truth in every corner of your life bring peace with you wherever you go
1: (laughs) there you go babe that's a direct answer
0: and i just
1: i just want to make a note so guys don't think that If the book you want to use for your prophecy, if it's not a physical book, if it's on your Kindle or on your electronic device, that is not uh, an impediment. You can use it because Alicia just used hers. So what was the mechanics? You just plonked your finger along the bar at a random place? Yeah. Excellent. There you go. Exactly. Technical magic. I love it.
0: (laughs) I'm just trying to find out where I was at now so I can go back to the right chapter. (laughs)
1: Oh, jinkies. I'm not going to tell you, Mob, what I'm scratching, but oh, my God. Oh, I'll stop now. No, I'm not stopping. Yes, I'm stopping. Okay. The book that I'm using is my trusty favourite, Women Who Run With The Wolves" by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Myths and stories of the wild woman archetype. So, please... Please, universe, will you please tell me what the hell I'm supposed to do about this particular situation with my loved one? <sighs> really, just, just can you just tell me? That would be so good. Okay. To untangle skeleton woman is to understand that conceptual error and to set it aright. To untangle skeleton woman is to understand that love does not mean all glimmering candles and increase. To untangle skeleton woman means that one finds heartening rather than fear in the darkness of regeneration. It means balm for old wounds. It means changing our ways of seeing and being to reflect the health rather than the dearth of soul.
0: I think I'm going to start crying right now <laughs> for you. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, that again, just like mine was a direct answer for you.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'll edit all the silence out so that you're not bored listeners, but I just have to sit with it just for a sec. Love does not mean that love love does not mean all glimmering candles and increase that's my new mantra for the rest of the week love does not mean all glimmering candles and increase
0: Mm
1: -hmm. okay here we go okay wow Do you have a prediction? What was your prediction for last week? Let me just have a quick check.
0: Um, I already checked it. It was that I was going or that the, he was gonna see the green cloaked figure, find out who he was, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so Gary will hope-
1: find out who this green cloaked man is, and Wolf may find out some surprising info in the private meeting that changes his plans. Well, we don't know that yet because we haven't been privy to the meetings. So you might be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. But he didn't find out who the green cloak man is, but I did see him again. So there we go. Right.
0: right. Um, the next chapter I put that we'll find out what Wolf's decision is. A decision that is worse than war, according to Silk. I don't know. Um, and a dangerous situations will arise. Okie
1: dokie. <laughs> we'll see. I did not pick a hashtag. We need a hashtag.
0: Yeah. I couldn't even write my bender off <laughs> this week. <so. laughs>
1: hashtag, I couldn't even, <laughs> which actually is very appropriate and more than you know, and I'm not going to say why, but that is our secret hashtag, my darlings, I couldn't even. <laughs> yep.
0: Secret hashtag for a secret. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, Thank you so much for being here all the way to the end. If you are still here, use the secret hashtag hashtag. I couldn't even um, on one of our social media platforms and tell us your piece of prophecy or say hello, or just, you know, come on in and start a conversation with us. Tell us what you love about the book, what you love about the show, Um, ask us questions they don't have to be about the show they can be a little bit personal we might even answer them (laughs) but um yeah you can find us on instagram at belgariad and beyond and on facebook at belgariad and beyond on twitter at beyond belgariad i've actually started putting stuff there so you know maybe by the time this episode goes out you'll actually have something to look at and you can tweet you know but we'll i'll i'll put everything in the show notes so that you can click everything but our website is belgariad and com, and you can find all of the things about us and the show there so go and explore your hearts out and if you could rate us and review us on apple podcasts that would be fan freaking fantastic.
0: exactly We want to spread the word. We want to get more people involved in this community. So reviews are the way that we can do that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, so, and the thing is in your review, you can say why you like the show. So it really gives people a good idea about whether they might like the show too.
0: Yeah. And it gives us a good idea of what we're doing right. And maybe we can stop.
1: (laughs) So true. If there's something that we do that really gets up your nose, you can either stop listening or you can tell us about it
0: yeah and we may just consider your opinion you yeah.
1: know we're pretty good like that yeah okay. we can take criticism well sometimes i can't i can't promise anything okay well i'll take it for you <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'll be in charge of reading the reviews and not only feed you the good ones
1: <laughs> Okay. <Yeah. laughs> oh okay that's us for this week we will see you next week everybody
0: bye guys
1: Okay, you need to go and steam your head or something. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'm starting to fill in my (laughs) chest.